Well, it's good to see all of you this afternoon. Hope you're comfortable. No pun intended, but make yourself at home. All through the month of December, we've been spending our time on Wednesday night coming together, praying and singing together, and having short devotionals, short meditations on what the Incarnation means for us. And this year, we focused on divine hospitality. I recognize a lot of you, but I don't recognize many of you, so I know a lot of you are experienced in hospitality. Some of you are hosting this weekend. Some of you are being hosted, so some of you are sleeping on sleeper sofas and futons. Some of you are getting up early trying to make sure that coffee is ready for out-of-town guests, cousins, daughters and sons, parents. We wanted to discuss hospitality not because it's part of our southern charm, And not because being hospitable is simply polite, so Christians ought to do it. But we wanted to look at it through the sweep of Scripture, through the story of the Gospels, and primarily in light of the Incarnation, because we believe that hospitality fundamentally has all of its roots in divine love and in divine action. And so for those of you who haven't been here with us the previous Uh, Well, this isn't a Wednesday night. But those of you who weren't here with us on Wednesday nights for our Vesper services, we had John Berger come and preach to us about Jesus refusing to be hosted by Martha because he's the true host. And then we had Chad Scruggs preach to us from Luke's Gospel that Jesus enters his own creation, but he's the most unwelcome member. There's no room for him in the end. There's no room for him as he ministers There's no room for him among those who need him most. So he finds himself most unwelcome. And then last Wednesday night, Jason Bobo was here preaching to us again from Luke's gospel about the kind of hospitality that Jesus showed, the types of people that he received and hosted for himself. Even when he looked like the dinner guest, sometimes he was eating in a Pharisee's house or a tax collector's house. And there were other times when very scandalous sinners came and ate with him, and he would receive them and welcome them warmly. But the shape of divine hospitality for us is more than just a story in the Gospels. It's more than just a theme that we see in Jesus' earthly ministry. It's actually the shape of the biblical story and the shape of redemptive history. So as you read through the Old Testament, you can see the need to be hosted, the need for real hospitality, and the need to be at home in all of the yearnings from the very beginning. When you come to the Old Testament story, you start off with creation, but the second big event is eviction. And from the very beginning, you have a people who are no longer at home the way they should be, the way they used to be. And so the story unfolds through all those books and all those chapters in the Old Testament. Abraham leaving his father's home with a home promised to him, but never quite finding it like he expected. And you get to see the children of Israel as slaves, not at home for themselves, not even working to produce things for themselves, living as aliens and oppressed under Pharaoh. And when they're liberated, the first thing they do is not go home. They spend 40 years wandering. They live in tents. And they yearn for home. They yearn for a place of their own to be settled with their families and with their God. When they finally make it in and the kingdom is set up as the story unfolds, 
But people are still never settled. They don't feel at home in their own kingdom. They want to look more like the kingdoms outside of themselves. So they grumble and complain, which is par for the course. But it's because they don't feel at home yet, and they desperately want to be. And the irony of that grumbling and that unfaithfulness is that it leads them into exile. You can see the cycle of the story playing out again. All of a sudden, these people who had a home are taken from their home, and they wander some more. They live as aliens again, exiled and yearning to be home. And you know that the real shape of hospitality has to do with making people at home. You have probably said it yourself sometime in the last week. Whoever you've hosted, probably the second or third thing you've said past hello and good to see you is, come on in and make yourself at home. You know that to be hospitable is to make someone else feel at home, but you know if you're being hosted, no matter how good your host is, don't look next to the family member sitting next to you, you still long to be home. You long to be in your bed. You long to have the stuff from your kitchen, to have your kids in their beds, to have your clothes where you put them, to have your own shower. You want to be home. No matter how much they try to make you at home, you're not. And that yearning continues. That type of yearning to be home continues on into the ministry of Jesus. You get to see him in his earthly ministry and what we know to be true of his current ministry for us now as people who still wander. We want to be home. In his earthly ministry, Jesus encountered people all the time who desperately wanted to be home and knew that they weren't. We've been going through John's gospel in our sermons on Sunday mornings. And in John's gospel, we keep encountering people who know that they aren't at home and they're restless. We've met Nicodemus the Pharisee, the uber-religious man, and we've met the scandalous woman at the well, so sinful and ashamed, and neither of them, when Jesus meets them, are at home in God's love for them. Both of them trying desperately to figure out how to be at home in love, but never resting in it, never finding it. Through the rest of the gospel, Jesus continues to encounter skeptics outside of his disciples, and he meets new disciples who follow him but struggle with their doubts. They struggle to be at home in their faith. And you and I both know there are times that our faith feels foreign. It doesn't feel like home to us. There are times that we don't feel settled, that we don't rest in it. Jesus encounters these people And he works to make them feel at home in his love and in his own faithfulness and in their trust for him. And the story goes on. It's not just confined to those gospel stories in the Bible. In Jesus' current ministry, he continues to encounter people like all of you. And he knows all of the ways that you don't feel at home. So he meets those among us who are gluttonous and those with eating disorders And those who want to be ascetic and deny ourselves everything. And those who are addicts and want to indulge in everything possible. Because we can't even feel at home in our own skin. We can't feel at home in our own flesh. And that's why he came to become flesh with us. To make us feel not a fiction 
but to make us feel the reality that we are at home in God's love, to make us feel the reality that we can be at home in our own skin, in our own flesh, to redeem us body and soul. Throughout His ministry, both earthly and His current ministry, where He reigns from heaven, He watches us abuse each other. He watches our anger and our violence and our passivity and our oppression. He knows that we don't even feel at home with each other. Jesus is well acquainted with all the ways that you don't feel at home in your own skin and in the world around you and in His creation that was originally made for you to be at home. You can feel this sort of homelessness all the way through the story of Scripture, but all the way through human history, all the way through your human history. And Jesus knows that you desperately need to feel at home. We talked about it yesterday in the sermon, the point where we are in John's gospel. John John told us the story of Jesus going up to a festival of tents. It's a festival where the Jewish people uh, celebrated God's provision for them back when they were wandering in the wilderness, in between their slavery in Egypt and their finally being at home in Canaan. They celebrated God's provision while they were not at home by reenacting not being at home. And so their celebration was basically national camping. And they set up these tents. And the beautiful picture for us is that is exactly what John said Jesus came to do in his incarnation. In the opening part of his gospel, John says, the Word the eternal Word who was with God in the beginning, who was God from the beginning, that Word became flesh. And the Word literally says, that Word became flesh and set up His tent to live among us. Jesus, to redeem us out of our lack of home, came to be homeless with us. In the incarnation, He came to feel our wandering The irony is he is most at home in this creation. This is his creation. This is his house. He owns all of it. He made all of it. He rules all of it. And so it's odd for us to think about him coming and not feeling at home. He is most at home in his creation, more at home than any of us have ever been. And so he comes as the one most at home but least welcome in his own creation And He comes to minister and achieve and secure for us our redemption to remake us and to make us at home. And that's the way redemption has always been described in Scripture. It shouldn't be surprising to us to talk about Jesus' ministry as making us at home, as hosting us. It's the way the prophets have always promised it. In Jeremiah 39... In Ezekiel 36, in Hosea 11, Zechariah 10, the promises of redemption for God's people were always, I will make you at home in my creation and with myself. Jesus preached this way to His own disciples in John 14. Remember, He said, I'm going away, but not to leave you homeless. I'm going away to prepare a place for you in my Father's house where you will be home This is the way the New Testament letters talk about our redemption. In Ephesians and Colossians, Paul writes to new churches and says, you used to be strangers. 
You used to be alienated, but now in Christ, you've been brought home. You've been made at home with God and with His people. And if you can skip ahead to the end of the story, if you're familiar with the end of the way the biblical story unfolds, the way human history is supposed to unfold at the end, you know that the goal is for us to finally and fully be at home in this creation and with God Himself. When you get all the way to the end of the book of Revelation, after all of the terrifying visions that John sees and reports to the churches, the final vision he has is of God finally at home with His people. Revelation 21 starts off in the third verse, the dwelling place of God is with humanity. He will live with them and they will be His people. And God Himself will remain with them as their God. That is the story that Jesus is playing out for us. That is the story of His redemption for us coming to host us in His creation and the incarnation and coming back finally to make His home with us. And when you know the way a story ends, you know this from watching your favorite movies, the ones that you watch over and over, and reading your favorite books, the ones that you go to on vacation, and the ones you go to time and time again because you love the story. The stories you know best you love because you love the way all the pieces come together at the end. And once you know the end, that changes the way you read the whole story. So knowing that the end of redemptive history is God Himself at home with His people and His creation. That should change the way we live inside the story. That means for us that every time we read this book, it means for us every day that we live, all of it's just preface. It means that the 66 books and the 1,200 pages that are in here and the millennia and millennia of human history and redemptive history, all of those things are just a prologue All of those things are just an introduction to the way the story plays out for all of eternity. Not that they're not important. I don't want to diminish them and tell you that they're insignificant. I mean that for the rest of eternity, all of this will be backstory to God Himself finally and fully and perfectly living at home with us who finally and fully and perfectly live at home in His creation. When He hosts us, when the hospitality that was started in the incarnation, when the glimpses of it become full, you can breathe easier because you're not being hosted somewhere away from home. You finally are home. And when we get there collectively as a people, when He has finished redeeming us body and soul, and He says to us, make yourself at home, it'll fit. It'll feel right. You and I will finally be at home. And then we'll sing very differently, joy to the world. Let earth receive her King. And now I've built up a lot of hope 
for something that's not here yet. You and I are not home there yet. The beauty of the incarnation is a little bit frustrating at times. Jesus came to be the least welcome member inside of His creation, but the most at home. And to start making us at home with Himself, to start making us at home with ourselves, with His people, and with His world. But it's not finished yet. It's a feeling of being at home that's not finished yet. It's not complete. You and I don't feel at home perfectly yet. And so we're left in that yearning stage. That means in the meantime that Jesus continues to host us. He continues to make us at home in our own flesh and with each other and with His world. And until He's finished doing that, He continues to give us His ministry. Not just a ministry that looks like His. I want to be clear. Not just a ministry that resembles a lot of the stuff that we see in His ministry. He is giving us as His people His ministry. That means He is giving us His ministry of extending redemptive, relational, loving hospitality. But that also means that as we extend that to strangers and those alienated around us, we'll probably get to feel it the way He did. It means for us beautifully that you and I are the most at home in His creation. We are the most at home among His people. We should start to become the most at home with ourselves. But it also means that we will constantly feel the least welcome. It means that you and I won't feel at home while He is making us most at home. That's what it means to have a ministry like His... But he's always been aware of that frustration. He's always been aware of that tension, and he's always still commanded that kind of hospitality. Across the Testaments, he's always expected that, always wanted that, and loved and rejoiced in it in his people. In the Old Testament law, and in the book of Hebrews, God tells his people across history You're supposed to host and love and care for and be hospitable towards those who are strangers and alienated. Not to earn my love, but because you have been loved. Because you used to be strangers. Because you used to be the least at home. Because you used to be the most alienated, and I have made you at home in myself and with each other. And so He gives us that kind of ministry to host and be hospitable. But because we have been hosted, because we are being hosted by Jesus Himself, and so He makes us sometimes the least welcome, but the most at home with each other and in His creation. That means even in the meantime, we get to sing joy to the world. Joy to the world because you and I were once strangers and outcasts. But in Christ, the Word made flesh, you have been made at home. 
He rules you with His truth and grace, and He makes you the living proof, if I can paraphrase the song. He makes you the living proof of the glories of His righteousness and His wondrous love. So celebrate the incarnation tonight and tomorrow. Every day He gives you in His world. And as you do, make yourself at home. Merry Christmas. You join me as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your grace to us, sending Jesus the Son to come to set up His tent and live among us as a wanderer among wanderers, to submit Himself to being one of the least welcome, but beautifully showing us that He is the most at home in His own creation. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank You for Your hospitality toward us. You have gathered us to Yourself as worshipers. You have received us the self-righteous and the scandalous alike. You call together for Yourself those who believe faithfully and those who struggle to believe. You've called us together as people who are not at home in our own skin or with each other in Your world, and You have taken strangers and alienated people. You have made us at home. You have given us belonging with Yourself and with each other. Now we look forward so anxiously, so eagerly to the day when we will finally, fully, and perfectly be at home with You and Your creation. Lord Jesus, give us more of Your ministry. Let us show Your hospitality to others, Your redeeming, warm love for those who feel adrift, who feel unsettled. Lord Jesus, do these things for us. And in the midst of all of it, Let us sing Your praises. Let us celebrate Your goodness. Do these things for us by Your Spirit, we pray. Amen. Would you stand and sing to Your glorious host?